2: Hello and welcome to the Goona Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for joining me and making this a part of your morning routine. It's been an absolute pleasure to start my mornings with you for so long and into the future as well. I am perkier this morning. Uh, no, I've not been doing any weight training of the chest area. Don't worry. But uh, I just feel happier this morning. Um, I'll probably have to go into more detail about why uh, soon. But uh, as you know, I've been... Uh, there's been a few months where I've been saying to you guys where there's been some struggles going on. Um, and yesterday, there was a weight lifted um i'll talk more about that in a future show um but i just want you to know that i am better today so thank you everyone in the chat box really appreciate your time and uh and your support it means the world and i wouldn't be where i am without it kaiser good morning to you to Pikachu, to a1 to paul matt g dominic rowe jose damian rich colton jimbo roy stevie darren glenn martin arasilki richard Tom, Pam, Kim, Maximus, we've got Jacob uh, or Jacob, um, could be either. Uh, Diane, we've got, um, or Diane, uh, we've got Temi, uh Tony at the front row, we've got Stephen and Marcus and Dave and Paul, and plenty more of you guys and girls joining us in the chat box as well. Uh, it means a lot to see you. So thank you for doing so. I don't think we should waste any time. I think we should go straight into today's stories. Of course, if you are new to the channel and you're thinking, who is this guy who's banging on about his mental health every five seconds? Uh, Well, welcome. Uh, We do a show every single morning at 8am talking about all the latest Arsenal news from the perspective of, uh, well, me and sometimes you guys, but also with the ability to give you a little bit of an inside scoop into the world of Arsenal as well, which will become clear in our first story because I had the honour and pleasure of speaking to to Rhys Nelson after the game against Liverpool in the FA Cup. Um, Of course, it was a very disappointing result, but Rhys was one of the players that was, I feel, certainly one of the more standout um, performances on the day. And I did get to speak to him. Now, within this little interview, which you're going to hear a snippet of, there was a point where someone in the mix zone walked through with the biggest tray of equipment, which caused an exceptionally loud noise. Now, I've edited out most of it but I did leave part of it in just because I wanted to give you a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes it was quite funny and Reese's the look on Reese's face when this was going on as we were trying to interview it was a picture so sit back relax listen to my brief chat with Arsenal forward Reese Nelson you started the game today and you come off the bench and against the Fulham game it seems like you're ahead of a number of players now in that pecking order it must feel good to be up that pecking order under Arteta um yeah of course this is what I want to do I said this before, I was my club from since so I was eight years old, you know, but of course I want to be playing much more than I am right now. Mm. Of course, it's good to come off the bench, but I want to be starting, well, I can improve myself every day in training, so um, with this moment, I want to go on and uh, keep keep playing more. Do you feel like the contract you signed in the summer, do you feel like that was the right choice, based upon the amount of game time you've got? Um, of course, look, like I said, um, I, I signed that my contract, I'm here now, and i just got to mm. prove to the boss that I deserve more minutes, and um like I said, when I get chances to play, I can prove myself and show what I can do. Yeah, I think that you know, when it comes to those being away, to have a break with the form, is that really important to sometimes take that extra week away from football to, to refocus your mind? <laughs> Does this break, will it enable, is it maybe one of the, a blessing in disguise having this break to, to refocus yourselves after these um, three games? Yeah, you could say that, you know. Um, it's just a, it's a chance for us to just kind of put all the games behind us that we have. Of course, we lost three in advance and it's not the best not the best situation, but now we can just kind of recruit, go out to the drawing board and um, come back fighting for Palace. Now I don't know if it it came through for you. It doesn't when in on Streamyard. It just goes completely quiet when the noise is playing. I know that when I edited it, the noise was there, but I don't know if you managed to hear how loud it was in the uh, in the mix zone as they brought through this massive tray of equipment. Um, I hope that it came through for you guys. But yeah, we we found it quite funny and. Uh, um, it goes on a lot longer. So Jack says, I don't know about your editing skills, Tom. Well, I, I edited it down, mate. Um, so it was a lo- It went on for a good like 15 to 20 seconds. So I just left a little bit in so you guys could kind of uh, tell how long um, and how loud that was. If you're listening on audio platforms, don't worry, I would have edited that down a little bit um for you guys (laughs) so it wasn't as loud as it was for guys on guys and girls on youtube so yeah there you go it's very interesting to hear him talk about his contract of course i wanted to ask him if he felt like he was justified in signing it now he's had a chance to see the minutes that he's been getting um after of course the Uh, The the new season, which I don't think has been as many as he wanted. That said, he is ahead of Emil Smith-Rowe in the pecking order. He is, of course, also in a position where I think he's got slightly maybe, in this game in particular, ahead of Leandro Trossard even. He is rising up the ranks. There's suggestions of interest from... um, the likes of West Ham. Now, I was doing that interview with Simon Collins, who you didn't hear from the Evening Standard. Um, but if you want to read uh, Simon's bits, you can go and do that on the Evening Standard website, those extra quotes there. And Simon actually asked him whether or not he is focused on Arsenal with all the rumours about the transfers going around. And he just simply replied, yeah, and then stared at us for a few seconds, to which we awkwardly laughed and realised, yeah, he's not going to give us any more than than that on transfers. But uh, yeah, his focus is is on Arsenal. He's going to be going away, of course, with the team. To Dubai, of which was another story uh, that I um reported yesterday exclusively on football.london. Um Yuri Timber, Thomas Partey, Gabriel Jesus. Oleksandr Zinchenko and Fabio Vieira are all making the trip with the squad to Dubai. Um, The club is effectively lifting up the entire operation of London Colney and taking it out to the Middle East for this trip, which will last from today. The last players to leave will leave today. Some have already left after the game against Liverpool and they will return on the 16th of January as well. If you want to read about all what's going on with the Dubai tour and all the information that I've managed to get from that, then go over to the football.london website on my page where you can find. Um, all of my uh, information on that Dubai trip. But good to see Timber and Partey will both be going with the group. Um, now, Ajax are hopeful of keeping hold of... Of Yorl Hayto, a player that we know that Arsenal are very keen on. We've seen links to the player. We know that this interest is very much real. Sam Dean reporting this uh, last week around the Fulham game, I believe it was, that we saw those reports started coming out. But the Ajax technical director has been speaking and saying that they hope to sign a new deal with him. He says, we would like him to stay, and we are also hopeful that we will get it, being a new contract, out of him. It may have taken too long, but there have also been changes in our management, but I am hopeful that we will get it out of him. Interesting way of putting it. Maybe it was a translation error, but getting a contract out of someone, you're just saying, you know, I hope that he renews would have been a more calmer way of perhaps putting it. But Arsenal are very keen. Um, There will, of course, been conversations taking place. Maybe the interest of Arsenal has turned his head. Um, and so I just hope, anyway, that what we see is is Hayto arriving at Arsenal in the summer because it would be an exceptional bit of business to get someone of his calibre at his age through the doors, and would real would add real depth of quality to both the left sided centre half and left back position as well. Now, Arsenal, as our headline story to talk about today suggests, are exploring a potential deal for Amadou Anana. Now. This is very much from the Belgian side of things initially. That's certainly where my contacts have come from, as I reported the story yesterday, which was first broken by Sasha Tavlieri, of course. Um, as you very well know, Sasha, he's come on the channel a fair few times. And not only that, but PJ Colcun uh, from Newsblad News um, in Belgium has also reported the £50 million pound rough price estimation that Everton would have regarding a deal for Anana. Now, I think the immediate question that most of us have when we see figures of 50 million being banded around. And that is the figure that is certainly from my understanding, a relatively accurate estimation of of a minimum expectation from Everton is that if we are able to bring in a player for 50 million pounds, then why on earth is that not going on a centre forward? I think that would be a fair question that people would ask, would it not? And the answer to that question, I actually think, is, is relatively simple. The strikers that Arsenal want are well and beyond uh, upwards of £50 million. Pounds. In fact, the strikers that Arsenal would like to sign to level up that position, you're looking at 80 to 90 to 100 to more than that figure like we've just been discussing there. And therefore, if Arsenal are only able to creatively do a deal in which they can invest Around a figure of 50 million and how they would do that, they would still need to be very creative, I think, to even do a deal of that figure. And I'm surprised to see that figure even being talked about, to be honest, in in realistic terms, even. Um, but the reason being is that there aren't the strikers there at the moment that Arsenal would want to sign for the figure that we are discussing with Amadou Anana. Now, I know that there has been splits amongst the Arsenal fan base in reaction to this story. Amadou Anana, let me tell you, is a very good footballer. And yesterday, we did a tactical breakdown and I was joined um, by the guys over um, at at Everton Supporters Club and spoke specifically and very detailed uh, about Amadou Anana. And it was a pleasure to be joined by Hitch from the County Road Bobblers, who talked specifically about what he has been for Everton, what he has done for Arsenal um, and specific—sorry, what he could do for Arsenal and what his strengths and his weaknesses are. What I've gleaned from this and from seeing the reaction online is that a lot of people haven't got a blooming clue what Amadou Anana is as a player. Um, people suggest he's slow. People suggesting that he's not technically good enough. And actually, when you watch him as Hitch has every single week for the last two years. And when you boil down into the the numbers and the metrics, you realise that all these accusations of that he's too slow and that he's not good enough are just a load of rubbish. And in fact, the 50 million price tag that is being placed on Amadou Anana is seen as a bargain by those that watch him every single week. And if any club, not just Arsenal, but any club, hypothetically, were to get Amadou Anana for £50 million, it would be seen as an absolute steal because there are expectations from the fans that love him, the fans that appreciate him, that they should be in this specific market, be getting a figure much higher than £70 million to even £80 million for Amadou Anana because they believe him to be that good. He's been playing at Everton. He's been playing under Sean Dyche. Obviously, what could happen if he was to move to Arsenal at 22 years of age? He's been playing in the Premier League since he was 20 years old. I think if Arsenal were able to be creative enough to get this deal done and bring Nana in to the team, it would represent a really shrewd piece of business by the club. You shouldn't waste a window. If Arsenal can do business, Get business done. If they aren't able to get a striker in this window because the targets that they want aren't available, then don't waste the window and go and get a player that can reinforce you during a season in which we know we need reinforcement. I challenge anyone to really come up with a legitimate argument as to why Inanna would not be a good piece of business for Arsenal because so far, the accusation of him being too slow or not technically good enough, are just incorrect. So that's not going to cut it, I'm afraid. You're going to have to come with some significant evidence to prove it. And a red card here and there certainly is not either. Um, an argument either but if you want to get more information about Amadou Inanna and what he'd be like for a move to Arsenal our last live upload on the channel is of course this tactical breakdown our first of 2024 uh, on an Arsenal target so please make sure you go and give that a watch after finishing today's show right let's go to part two shall we and your questions right after this Okay, uh, let's go into the chat box, shall we? And let's tackle as many of your questions as we can. Um, Sabah says he's a very good player, is Amadou Inanna. But Thomas is already coming back from injury and we already have a lot of midfield players. This is true. At the moment, we have a lot of midfielders. However, in the summer, that might change. Jorginho could go. Elneny could go. Partey could go. And in that place, getting in Inanna would be a really good piece of pre-planning. For what Arsenal's situation might be with their midfield in the future. Um, Mark says, I never understood Partey at right sided fullback. It's a strange use of his talents. I think, Mark, that that's been a massive misunderestimation. Un- mis- that's not the word. Uh, misconception. He was never playing right back. The position was a hybrid role. Ben White plays right back in that system. When Partey was there instead of, of, of White, he was moving into the midfield far more than a right-back would ever imagine or dream doing. It was basically like having a back three still just with White as the right-sided centre-back and then, of course, Saliba and, and Timber on the other side, of course, as well. So Partey still was very much an auxiliary midfielder, not playing right-back when he was there. And actually, our metrics did improve significantly compared to the averages from last season when he was playing there. So it's, it's worth, I think, if it does happen again, to just not... Prejudge it but just wait and see what happens with that Pablo says Tom now that we know our 50 million we have a budget of 50 million who would you get for this price tag now I want to stress Pablo that this isn't accurate Arsenal's budget is not known to be 50 million pounds the suggestions are that Everton would want 50 million at least for Anana. that doesn't mean that Arsenal have that to spend and the only information that we've got that I've got is that Arsenal have supposedly explored this now these are very early stage this is just arsenal making inquiries about players it's it's so early on in any terms of transfer we've heard about anana there could be loads of other players that arsenal are at the same stage with as they are with anana that we just haven't heard about yet it doesn't mean it's going to happen It doesn't mean arsenal are going to make a bid and it doesn't mean that arsenal's budget is 50 million pounds either it doesn't mean that at all that is just the expectation of Everton at a minimum to what the understanding is from the players' side. So I guess we will have to wait and see how. But I don't know what Arsenal's budget is. And as I've said before, I think Arsenal would have to be very creative if that turns out to be the case. Um, Damien says, listen to Manu Petit yesterday saying that Spurs paid for his taxi to sign for Arsenal. Who, Damien? Who paid for that? I'd love, I'd love for you to give me some extra insight. Uh, Northern goodness says, "Morning, Tom. Do we know how many chances we are creating this season, as opposed to last season? And if it's the same amounts of chances, what's changed to stop us from converting them into goals? I don't know, actually. Um, I'd imagine that we're probably not. Our xG, I don't think, is anywhere near as, as high as it was last season. I might be able to get us a, um, a comparison using Y scout, but sometimes this can be a little bit." Um, Slow. So, whilst I vamp to try and work this one out, we go to 2024 Premier League. We'll do Premier League and have a look at that. So, our average XG across the course of last se- of this season has been 1.94 according to Y scout. Last season, it was 1.84. That's quite interesting. So, our average XG is actually slightly higher according to Y scout than what it was last season. So we're clearly creating chances. We're just not taking them. Um, and last season we scored 2.32 goals um, per game compared to 1.87 xg. So we outperformed our xg last season. This season, with an xg of 1.94, we have a goal rating of 1.85. We're underperforming. So whereas last season we overperformed that xg, last season, this season, sorry, we are underperforming our xg as well. Um, Temi says, Tom, do you think Arteta is overcomplicating things like all these hybrid roles and midfield and inverted forward and such? I think it creates imbalance. I don't think so, Temi, because as we've just discussed there, we're creating the chances. The chances are coming. If we were just finishing these chances, we wouldn't be talking about Arteta. We wouldn't be talking about... um Overcomplicating things, overcoaching things, disharmony, et cetera. If we were scoring the goals that we're creating the chances for, we would not be having these conversations. And it really is as simple as that. I don't get the outrage, I don't get the anger. We're just not scoring the goals that we're creating the chances that we should be. And that is represented by the data, as we've just discussed there. Um, Ashwin says, part is the love best centre midfielder. I would try and utilise him into the end of the season. I hope that we can. It just depends very much on his recovery from this injury. Mark says, Tom, I heard that the limit of what we can lose under profit and sustainability rules is about 11.9 million. Is that true? And if so, how can we sign in January or the summer? Can Kroenke put more money in? Well, the, to answer your second question, that's probably easier. The answer is no. Um, profit and sustainability rules cannot be balanced out by an injection of funds from an owner. That doesn't happen. It has to be done through revenue, be that commercial, player sales, things like this. That's that's how it would work, in, to my understanding. But an injection of like a loan from the owner, no, that would not. Um, enable you to so for those that think oh why aren't the cronky spending any money doesn't matter because an injection of money from the ownership does not um, save you in profits state it doesn't count when trying to balance things in their mindset in terms of that money I don't know where you've heard that I'd love for you to give me the, the source of where the information is from I don't know if that's true I've not heard that figure being banded around at all um, so yeah I, I, I don't really get it. Uh, Paul says, I have a blank screen and it keeps refreshing. I just got a message saying there's a problem while playing back. That's nothing to do with me, Paul. Uh, let me know if anyone else is having that problem, but that that will be a YouTube issue or a connection issue on your end, mate, I'm afraid as far as I'm aware, but let me know anyone else in the chat will say if they're having that problem. It's nothing I can do to solve that if that indeed the case. So apologies if you're having issues. Um, off uh, Love says, um, good morning, Tom. Any news about Ferdi Kadioglu or Ferdi Kaliolu, I should be better on my pronunciations. Um, I feel bringing him in with Inanna could do enough to the end of the season. That's gone very quiet. It's gone very, very quiet ever since that link emerged. So it's, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to wait if any more news comes out from that story. I've heard nothing about him and I had heard nothing about him I chased it up on the Turkish side of things, and I was told that the people that were reporting it in Turkey were very reliable, um, that they're very well connected to the player and and Fenerbahce as well. But from the English and England and Arsenal side of things, I've not heard anything um, regarding that as well. Uh, Carl says, where do you stand on the quantity of players instead of quality? Obviously, we want quality, but that Liverpool squad showed me that they have just a lot more options to bring in. I mean, do they? Do they, Carl? I know that they're missing Van Dyke and Zoboslaya and Salah and Matip, right? But we're also missing more than that in our squad because we're missing Timba and Partey and Zinchenko and Jesus and Vieira um, and Tomiasu as well. Uh so we're missing we were missing more. And yet if you looked at our bench compared to theirs, they had two senior players on their bench. They had Graven Birch and Jota. All the other players were youth players. Our bench consisted of the likes of Enketia and Trossard and Smith Rowe. Um, and I think we had some youngsters like Nuaneri and and Walters. We had Cedric, I think, on the bench as well. So we actually had more senior options on our bench than Liverpool did. So I don't necessarily think, Cole, that, that is quite accurate. I think the number of injuries that we've got is obviously playing a big part. And obviously the absences of El and and Tommy and Yassid because of their international commitments at the moment. So I wouldn't say that personally. Um, Kasim says, XG gets inflated because we have multiple shots during the same stretch of play. Secondly, we are not creating clear-cut chances. Hiding behind the stats could be avoided. Kasim, against Liverpool, we created three high-value chances that we absolutely should have scored against West Ham. We all know Jesus should have scored the opportunity that he had to score. We all know that we created chances at Anfield as well. I think Havertz had a great opportunity in that game. I think Saka had one as well. Um, we had the Aston Villa game where you could argue that Martinelli should be doing far better with the chance that he had when he lobbed uh, Martinelli. Of course, we had the chance that Martinelli had, um, against West Ham. As, was it with a West Ham game that we, you can't? No, it was against Fulham, of course. He had that one that went just wide. We have created high value chances. Chances That we're not taking. So to suggest that we're not creating clear-cut chances is not correct. Arsenal are creating high-value chances. That's why our XG in the last five, last three games is something like 6.5. We've scored one goal. That is it. One goal from 6.5 XG. And then you look at the the XG of the opposition, I think it's something like 2.5 and they've scored six six goals from just over two xg so whilst our opponents are able to overperform their xg we're underperforming ours significantly and that needs to change we need to be better at finishing but suggest that we're not creating clear-cut chances is just wrong because because we certainly are and as simos says i see a lot of attributes in reese to be the inside eight of course defensive frailties aside which we may have with the current number eights anyway he's mobile he's tricky and he operates in that space anyway what are your thoughts I've never seen him as an interior player. I've always seen Nelson as very much a winger. Um, So I'm not sure that I'm on the same plane as you there, Anasimos, with that. Um, But but who knows? Maybe we will see that happen. Um, Chris says, how can we spend 50 million on an unneeded centre mid plus 30 million on an unneeded goalkeeper? We desperately need the striker and Edu and Arteta for your clowns. (laughs) Now, Chris, what you've done here is, again, as you tend to do, Chris, is completely expose the... The frailties of the arguments and the misunderstanding of the arguments of what reality is, because we can break this comment apart one by one. And I hope that you listen and take this in as the truth, because what you've said here is entirely inaccurate and none of it is true. First part. We're not spending 50 million at the moment. That's that's not a suggestion at all. There's no one has suggested that Arsenal are going to spend 50 million pounds. The only suggestion is that that is what Everton would want as a minimum expectation for a player that Arsenal have only explored to this stage. If we end up spending 50 million pounds, Arsenal are going to have to be very creative about they, how they do it. Second part of this comment, unneeded centre mid. Now, you tell me, but Thomas Parker has been unavailable for the whole of this season. And also tell me that in the first half against Liverpool, where we were dominant, I think we created 13 shooting opportunities with five on target. They had two shots and none on target, 53% possession in that game. That was one of the best first half performances that we've had without finishing a blooming shot. And that came from one of the better midfield performances that we've had. And that came from having Jorginho and Rice as those players. Now, Jorginho is probably going to go in the summer unless we renew it for one more year. Partey is not available. And what Anana does is he brings us in quality and depth and youth and he gives us the quick transition of play. He's versatile. He can play six or eight, but I think he would play six. And then we can play Rice in that eight role as well and give us that ability to be more free in the midfield. So to say that it's an unneeded centre mid when there is a clear lack of quality and depth in central midfield, I think he's incorrect. Third part of your comment, 30 million on unneeded goalkeeper. I'll agree with the unneeded goalkeeper part. 30 million I won't agree with because we have not spent 30 million on Raya. There is an option that Arsenal can activate if they so wish to do so. I know there's been suggestions from different outlets and different medias that suggest that Arsenal plan on doing that. When I spoke to people close to the club, I was told that that is getting ahead of themselves. That it is a loan and the loan is where we are at right now. So we can't talk about the fact that 30 million pounds is going to be spent because to our understanding, to what the club is certainly saying, that is too far ahead of things. It's a three million pound loan deal. With an option of 30 million that has not been activated yet we desperately need a striker you're right but the fact to call arteta and edu clowns for this is just wrong because arteta and edu have constructed a squad that was fractured and broken from when they took things over to a team that has challenged manchester city where no one including yourself chris thought that we would do that so i hope that's broken down the comment as cleanly as it can be, to highlight and showcase what is misunderstood and not correct about this entire situation. Martin says, I've seen lots of Arteta blaming, but it's not him missing chances. What is his fault is the lack of quality alternatives when his first-choice options are not performing. And I think that we've sadly, Martin, had an issue where a lot of our first-choice options are already out. So Partey and uh, and Timber being out have been big misses for us because that's meant that the the backups aren't as good. And obviously, we're missing three left-back players. You know, we have four left-back options in the squad when the season started. Tommy Yasu, Timber, Zinchenko, Kivior. And we've lost three of them. And we're now playing the one who is the most out of position in Kivior, who is a left-sided centre-back above all other positions. So that's mad. We've obviously lost Jesus for portions of this season. Now we've lost him again. We lost Trossard and Martinelli for portions of this season because of injury. Some of the players like Saka and White are playing with issues as well, which they're carrying, which we can't afford to not play them because we need them to play. And so I think that all of these factors have obviously combined to create a scenario where we are facing a number of really, really big challenges um, that I don't think some people ever want to talk about. They say they're excuses, which is a load of bollocks, quite frankly. It's a weak argument that doesn't have much substance behind it at all. Um, It's the reality. It's the facts. These are the facts of the situation. And then what we get is Arsenal going out into the market. They know they can't get a striker and that they want this window. So they go, right, what else can we do? Well, let's explore if we can bring in some more muscle, more quality into the midfield. And we get people saying that we don't need it and that our players are cl- and our people making these decisions are clowns because of that. So you, you can't win. You, you can't win. Uh, Phil add says, Tom, do you think it's sustainable to score 80, 88 goals like they did last season without a goal scoring number nine? Well, we scored eighty-eight goals last season in the Premier League without a goal-scoring number nine. To some people's description of Gabriel Jesus, some people think he's not a goal-scoring number nine. He scored eleven goals in the league last season and missed a third of the campaign. If he would have missed, if he'd have been available for the whole of the campaign, I would have bet on him getting more than fifteen Premier League goals, most likely, and then well over twenty goal contributions with his assists as well. That team is here now. What I don't like and what I will criticize Mikel Arteta about is some of his comments after or before the game against Liverpool. Now I did a piece on this yesterday actually today that's come out this morning in which I focus in on these quotes. Mikel Arteta was asked about his perspective on the 88 goals that we scored during last season. And I'll read you what he said in response to this. He said um Um, What they, the forwards, did last year was exceptional. And we knew that to maintain those numbers would be extremely difficult because it was a one-off, not just for us, a one-off in the league. We know that we need all the resources and all those kinds of goals to maintain the level that we want in the league. When it comes to those spaces, the timing and the definition of the action in front of goal that becomes trickier to coach and certainly to replicate as an action in the game. It's very tricky, but it's something that we have to improve, especially in the way that we have not transformed recent uh, chances into goals. I was disheartened um, to hear those words, actually. I didn't like that Arteta called it a one-off. I don't want those words to be... I don't want him to call last season's 88 goals a one-off. I want him to say that those 88 goals are the target. I want him to say that those 88 goals that we score are what this team is capable of. Because that's how I certainly see it. I see it. I see that we've got a squad that has got the capacity to score that many goals. Now I know that we've made some tweaks and changes this season to try and answer the questions that we faced last season defensively. And that's enabled us to beat teams like Liverpool, sorry, to beat teams like Man City, to go to Anfield and avoid defeat again, even though they looked better this season. It was a much more challenging Liverpool team. We played at Anfield this season. We still escaped with the same result as last season. We beat Man City because we looked more resilient. In my opinion, that has however had a detrimental impact on our our forward play and yet we are still creating lots of chances lots of opportunities and so and clear cut ones at that as we saw against liverpool that we didn't take we are some confidence away i think from being a very very different team and if we had that confidence if we had that composure in front of goal we'd be talking about things very very differently um nordinov says is arteta under pressure no only by some fans not by the club Uh, tjr says if everyone is available with the invincibles rotation and then bringing in our through youth allows not just rest but a boost to the team dynamics um i think if everyone's available i don't think i'd go as far as saying with the invincibles but i'd say that we're we're a a different level than we are right now timber and Partey transform this team you're talking about adding two top players Two starting players to this team that we have not had for the whole of this season, pretty much. That's what we're talking about losing. Two players that start. As I said before, it's like Man City not having Rodri and not having John Stones for all of this season. That is what it is like. That is what we are missing. We're missing our Rodri and Partey. We're missing our Stones and Timber, if you like. And that would be a big, big detriment to them. Even though they have a lot more depth than us, it would be a big, big miss for them. So... That is that is the reality that we are we are dealing with um, at the moment. Uh Saba says, Yes, I actually did watch that, and it was very disappointing hearing that from him. We should be doing better with the new players that we have. Now, again, I think that we could do better with the players that we have, sure. But I think that we've talked about the drawbacks that we have. Ramba says, Arteta in capital letters. Do I have to shout that a bit? Arteta signed the people missing the chances and coached them. So Arteta could be gassed <laughs> look at his response to journalists when they ask him after the game against Liverpool. And look, Arteta is responsible at the end of the day for the team's performances. But the performance against Liverpool was a good performance that just lacked finishing. So simple as that. No one can tell me that that wasn't a really good half of football that just lacked finishing edge in the first half. The second half, Liverpool woke up, Liverpool were better and they, they certainly threatened us. But again, we created chances that we should have scored. Um, But the Liverpool game caused a meltdown that was, frankly, for some and some people's reactions a bit embarrassing. But overall, I think the reaction that we did and we broke down here and with you guys and helping out as well, I think we certainly were able to look at it in a more measured fashion. But we were a goal or two away, you know, from from things being very different. And and Arteta can't put the ball in the back of the net when his philosophy has created those clear cut opportunities that we have got to score from. It is a simple. As that. Uh Sharky says, Do you think Klopp subbing a youth player shows that he was really trusting them and he's also famously known for integrating youth players to the squad like Jones and Elliot, Trent Alexander Arnold. Arteta isn't like that. Sharky, I mean, Arteta has got how many youth academy players and graduates in this squad? You've got Nelson that he gave a new contract to, and ketty that he gave a new contract to, who's given two new contracts to, Martinelli's given, sorry, um, not Martinelli, uh Smith Rowe that he's given a contract to. Um It's it's odd to me this thing about that. You look at the Liverpool starting eleven, and you like their best eleven that they would play if everyone's fit, and it's got Trent in it. Yes, maybe Jones, but other than that, you know you got Elliot on the bench. They got a lot of injuries, and that's given them that's forced Klopp into doing it. Yesterday they had oh sorry on Sunday they had two senior outfield players. If they wanted to make more than two subs, they didn't have a choice but to bring on those kids. They did not have a choice. So it is worth contexting, being contextual about this situation as well. Uh, Javis says, I think we'll be fine. I think Arteta should also try Martin Elliott set the forwards, um, invite, invert white sometimes. We are versatile players. We don't use their versatility all the time. Um, Danil Lesway um, says, uh, we need to explore the Saudi league for a six-month loan experienced striker like Benzema. Or even the ex Fulham um, players, well. Mitrovic. Of course, that is. I don't think that they would be up for that. I don't know why the Saudi League would would allow their players to leave for six months. They have their own games to play. It wouldn't make any sense to do that. Uh, Martin says Potsy's rant on Lee's channel yesterday was epic, but I had to turn it off. I don't agree with Potsy with some of the things that he said. Uh, we were in a good chat in our WhatsApp group about the squad. Uh, I, I, I don't agree with Dan. Um, I think that there are some very good arguments that disprove a fair few of his points, but he does make some fair points as well that I do agree with. You know, I think we both agree on the goalkeeping situation. It was a situation we haven't needed to create for ourselves. It was a needless task. It was a needless situation. I don't need to go into any more detail because I've gone through it a lot yesterday and in previous shows. But no, I, I don't align with Dan on on a lot of things, um, but I do on the goalkeeper situation. Um let's omar says tom always finds a way to get over any academy questions (laughs) when we when you say that omar it's like you're saying like i'm finding a way around the question without answering it which i don't think is very fair there is a very good answer for why arsenal and why arteta has not added more youth players into the team i've been critical at some points of him not using the likes of noraneri and lewis skelly in the psv game for sure that's not a problem I've got I've said that and I said that during the game against PSV and after it in our all reaction game, in our all reaction show, sorry. But it is the reality, Omar, of the situation that we don't we can't start shouting from the rooftops that we need to play more youth players and then complain if the level of quality is not up to standard for a title race. Man City aren't throwing in sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds by the handful, are they? You see them gradually, maybe they've gradually brought through Phil Foden. They've given Rico Lewis an opportunity. Oscar Bob is the next player that's starting to get some minutes, but he's not starting, you know, and that's three, you know, that's three players and Arsenal have used, and Arteta has used so many of our graduates this season. He's coached Saka, he's coached Smithrow, he's coached Nketi, he's coached Nelson. I'm sure there's someone else I'm forgetting. Um, and he got these the new contracts have been given. They've contributed to the senior side of things. I think the Arteta youth argument is a bit dead. And I think it really does lack a lot of context. Uh, Mark says, Tom, it looked to me like we were taking too many touches when in scoring positions and allowing defenses to block our shots. If we were shooting first time or often, that wouldn't happen. What do you think? Maybe. Maybe in some scenarios, we take too many touches, but certainly not in build-up like, because we create loads of them. We create loads of opportunities. And shooting chances that we should score from when they're not taken. But yes, urgency is something that I have called for. Baltazar says, uh, you just played a semantics game. These youth players have been in the squad for super long. And we're talking about youth players that just came from the youth system. Right, but I'm not using semantics at all because as I've just demonstrated, I criticised the idea of not playing Nguyeneri or anybody against PSV when we had the chance. And I've also highlighted the fact that there is so much hypocrisy around because if we started throwing kids into the team and then we weren't winning, Arteta would just be criticised for throwing kids into the team instead of playing a senior player in a really important game. You can't have it both ways. It's not a semantics game. It's just facts, mate. It's just facts. Um... Anes says Cedric shouldn't be playing at all. If we don't have a future for him, then Waters has been uh, to 2 preseason trips but also hasn't made a league debut yet. I don't think he's made a competitive debut yet, um, to be fair. And look, I don't have too much of an issue with this. You know, Cedric playing against uh, PSV, play Waters instead. I don't think that is an unfair ask against PSV to play Waters instead of Cedric. I really don't think there's anything wrong with asking that question. That is a fair criticism. So I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, Raditja says, Arsenal taking too many touches in shooting chances is the feeling of a bit of ball about it. It requires players to be bringing the ball into the six-yard box. Of course, why take a chance when you can take no chance at all? But we can be more urgent as well. Uh, Tizer says, Hutchinson's brother going off about Arsenal not using their youth as much. Remind me how many first-team games he has played at Chelsea. He's alone, same as he would have done at the stay if he'd stayed at Arsenal. Yeah, I did see that things shared around social media. It's just saltiness. I mean, of all the examples, Omar Hutchinson, Amari Hutchinson is the worst. Like, if you're a relative Amari Hutchinson and you're complaining about Arsenal's treatment of youth players, I'm sorry, but leaving Arsenal for Chelsea is the most hypocritical decision that could have, that could have happened. The worst decision that could have been made. Uh, you know, it really, really was um, a terrible, terrible choice. Um, Namdo says, hi, Tom. Has anyone looked at how many minutes Sacra and have already played at the point this season um, in comparison to last season? They coasted through the Europa League group stages, but not this time. We've had Champions League football, so it's obviously different, um, which has obviously played into things. It's also a build-up, you know, a build-up of games, a build-up of minutes that leads us into these positions. So it is always going to be um a situation where that the players are going to build up the amount of game time they've had it's about managing those minutes maybe better that's that's the way forward um Sharky says in your opinion who is starting as a number 9 against crystal palace havertz or trossard um i i honestly i wouldn't mind either I don't think I have a preference. I liked what Havertz did besides the finishing. He was really highly criticised. I actually thought his movement was really, really good uh, against Liverpool. And I think actually we looked better with him there than we did in midfield. If it's Trossard, I'll be happy to see Trossard play there as well. So yeah, let's, let's wait and see. Uh, Raf says, Amari Hutchinson's comment, while he's a poor example, if that is the perception of a lack of a pathway at Arsenal, then that could be a cause for concern. I mean, the, the lack of a pathway thing is a bit odd because again, Raf, like we're in this situation where we want Arsenal to compete for a title. We want Arsenal to go out and spend money on strikers. We want Arsenal to go out and spend money on midfielders. We want Arsenal to go out and spend money on defenders. But we also complain about Arteta then not using enough of the youth players when he's already got several Youth Academy graduates in his first 11 that he is using. And then we're in a situation where we've seen those players given opportunities and we see a pathway. We see Charlie Patino. Of course, come into the team, be given opportunities in the FA Cup, which he didn't take, given opportunities in those League Cup sub-appearances where he looked better, go on loan to Blackpool where he had a a decent loan spell and now he's on loan at Swansea and he's doing really, really well. Uh, It depends what happens with Patino in the summer. Nguaneri is now the youngest Premier League footballer of all time, given by Arteta. And they these players are taken and given opportunities to be with the senior group and in and around the senior squad on a very regular occasion. They are training with the first team all the time as well. There is something of a, a contradiction, I think, about you know pining for a league title, pining for us to compete with Man City, and then to do something that if Man City were to do it, it would be costing them in the title race. So I just think there is a little bit of a a contradiction there. Temmy says, I never want to see Havertz at nine again. Temi, I think that's because you didn't watch the game properly, personally, and that might seem harsh, but I just think there was so many disparaging comments about Havertz's performance against Liverpool because he was a big part of why we created so many chances, which if we'd have scored from, if got had put that shot away, that, that hit the bar, um, if Nelson had taken his chance, if Havertz himself had have taken the one from the corner, it'd be very, very different. That centre-forward display was one of the better performances at centre-forward that we've seen in the last few games. You know, it was better than Nketiah against Fulham. It was better than Jesus' against um, both Liverpool and um, West Ham. It was the better centre-forward performance that we've had. But Kai is this scapegoat for so many people. He's such an easy target for criticism. You know, I would start him. Him or Trossard against Palace, even if Jesus was back fit, I have no issue with starting either of them in that game and I think that he needs to be given I think his movement was great um but his finishing was no better than it was no worse or no better than anyone else's on that field on that day so to single havertz out I just think is wrong he gets into some really good positions and if he just gets into that com- if he just gets that confidence if he just starts to put those shots away we're in a very very different conversation Um, So, Temi, I'm sorry, but I just don't think you appreciated the performance. And I think you just looked at the fact that he had a zero next to his name in terms of goals and have used that to run with it as an argument. I don't think it's accurate. Anyway, we're going to end the show there. Thank you so much, guys, um, for tuning in. Very much appreciate your time, as always. Um, Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. If you're new around here, we do these every single day at this time, always, 8 a.m. UK. Um, So you've got no excuses to miss it. Um, But thank you for listening. Uh, Do drop a like, subscribe, all the youtube stuff as always. I will, I think, be back this afternoon with a guest for a good chat about where Arsenal are as a club right now. And uh, it's always an absolute pleasure to speak to this guest and we've finally rescheduled it. So I look forward to having a chat a little bit later on. See you about five o'clock UK time today. Have a fantastic day, people. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal.
0: conditions apply five years or 100 miles whichever comes first
1: pro pilot is an advanced driver assist technology driver's responsibility to stay alert drive safely and control vehicle at all times
2: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport
1: fan network talk sport powered by fans